0: Hey guys, it's Jason Webb. This is the show that highlights local business leaders and the movers and shakers of Minnesota. Welcome to Minnesota Made. Welcome guys to Minnesota Made. I'm sitting here at Aeroplax in Monticello, Minnesota with a father-son dynamic duo, a fourth generation company And across from me, I got a Thomas Schoen and a Paul Schoen. Now Thomas, you are the Director of Operations. Yep. Right? Yep. And Paul, you're in the sales side of things. Yes. Yes. So the short time that we've already met, uh, one of the things that I find most interesting about your business is the fact that, four generations man, what's it like working with dad? (laughs) yeah no that's a good
1: question be truthful and then I'll (laughs) ask you the same question (laughs) Right? right. (laughs) you know it's it's good because you get to see um, you know you get to see the progression of the business and the family you know together and how that's changed Yeah. Um, get to see the you know where my dad and my uncle started to where we are today Um, then that gives me you know a good vision of where where we are today and where we can go in the future you know that's what's exciting to me and um, get to Get to bring it up another level you know. So I have the reverse going on right. So my mom was working at
0: a factory in Monticello. She's always had these factory type jobs right and uh, her, her company got bought out by another company out on the east coast and they had the option of moving out there and keeping their employment but of course nobody did and she was job uh, hunting and you know high school graduate but with no real skill set outside of a factory type worker so uh i took the plunge hired her stuck her on a computer man right never been on a computer and uh that uh that was a challenge but (laughs) things are going good now she's been working with me since 2008 and but it's a reverse role you know it's rather than the parent Kind of uh, telling the, the child what to do. Now the child <laughs> is having to tell my mom what to do. Yeah. And, But overall, I mean, it's been a great experience. We have a really close relationship. So, and you, and you worked for your dad also when right. you came into the company. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're going to be a little more honest on what that was like. And a little more, maybe a little, not you're dishonest, but uh, yeah. a little more. Uh, forthright, what that was like coming in working with Dad was it? I don't know. You're from a different generation too. Yeah, I'm from a different generation. I um, a little more hardcore.
2: Uh, you know, work was work was really ingrained into us. I mean, it was if your name was shown, uh, you you had to work 120 percent harder than anybody else. That meant something. It did. Yeah. You know, hopefully, these guys <laughs> got some of that I think they they did. Thomas is a hard worker. Yeah, but, sounds like
0: um, it. Two degrees. Yeah, yeah we'll get back to that I'm sorry go ahead.
2: but uh, yeah I worked for my dad and my dad and uncle ran the company for a number of years so uh, there was another party just like my brother and I run it yeah. um, my uncle didn't have any kids involved in the business but Steve and I were involved in the business from my dad's side okay. so um, we worked we did every job in this place I mean you grow up yeah during doing everything
0: so what were those early days like when you came on board I'm like I crazy know. You know, number was, of employees, things you're doing. Yeah, a um, number of just, employees we probably had um,
2: we probably had 24 employees and we ran two shifts. okay first shift and a partial second shift.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but then as time went on, uh, Steve and I got more involved in the business. I was a tool maker. I was a mold maker. So you're right down on production floor. Right. So I was a mold maker, not a very good mold maker. (laughs) So I got into production, into processing and running the machines because again, we were fairly short handed and I was very reliable. So, you know, you, you kind of tend to lean on your family members. They know they're going to get
0: it done. And how old were you at the time when you started?
2: Well, I started, well, I started when I started driving, because okay. we lived in in the suburbs and the the city. The uh, business was in Minneapolis, so when I got sixteen, I was able to drive down and work part time after school. Sure. But I I started full time in nineteen eighty. Okay. So it's been whatever forty one so years. Yeah. Or forty five years, you know, when I actually started. So sure. But I figure at at age twenty I started, and. Uh, been doing it ever since. So, was it your grandpa
0: that started the business? Right, my grandfather started in nineteen forty-three, and uh, I mean, was he alive when uh, you were a little boy? Did you have any yeah. kind of relationship with him? What can you tell me about uh, your grandfather? Yeah, Grandpa Ed, Grandpa Ed.
2: Grandpa Shone. His first name was Ed. I there's a tradition too on naming our children too, but I named after him. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was a putzer or, a, you know, very mechanical guy. He was a machinist. So, uh, he'd had a farm up in, uh, St, uh, St. Joe, Minnesota, and we'd go up there for weekends and he'd had a dairy farm and he'd always be doing stuff, but he was, uh, he was, uh, uh, an entrepreneur, but he really liked to build things, design things. And, you know, that, that was his,
0: his passion. So. And then and then what? He's just like, I'm pretty good at this, so I'm going to open up Aeroplax and yes. give it a go. So he opened it
2: in 43, and then he retired in 67. And basically when my dad and uncle, um, he felt my dad and uncle were capable, then he retired. And uh, Don and Jerry, my dad was Jerry, and Don uh, took the business and started running it. And that was back in 43? Well, 43, started it in okay. 67 is when my dad and uncle ran. Okay.
0: So when he started it, what was the, I don't know, the main base of the business? Plastics weren't around. Right, so, yeah, yeah he was uh, was basically machinist. a
2: machinist. I mean, he supported the war effort, you oh. know, machining parts uh, for the government and developing uh, whatever the government needed. Everybody in the country pitched in. So that was how he started, used his talents to support
0: the uh, country yeah so you went from uh machinists making parts for the military somehow that transitioned into plastics which is your main focus now is correct it? right yeah when did that transition occur and how did that occur
2: so in 43 there weren't any plastics so when plastics came about in the mid 50s then he got involved in thermal set plastics one time use plastics right. so we we molded parts and thermoset plastics and then as the world of plastics developed and thermal plastics came about where we could reuse the plastic you could mold a part, grind it up and reuse the the polymer yeah. Yeah. he got involved in that so he i think he saw the vision or maybe he had a vision but he stayed with uh, with plastics okay. and we have progressed ever since as plastics have progressed we have progressed too so we learned along the way with uh, the chemists and all the processors and of course we were a mold or a tool shop a machine shop so we built all of our own tools you know they weren't mold builders because nobody was doing it so we built our own tools we still have some tools here that were built
0: you know back in the 50s yeah yeah and uh, 16 year old driving to and from work working part-time Starting off working on the floor, right, and production type, what would you say you were a mold maker? Well
2: at the time at 16 I was a machinist. machinist. So I was running uh, production machines, turret lathes, um, machining centers, uh, gang drill presses, whatever needed to be done. Okay. And then uh, once I graduated high school then I went uh, to uh, the VoTech and got a two-year degree in mold building. Okay. And once that was done then I went full-time working for Harold Plaques
0: as a mold builder. Okay, and then that transitioned into where you are now, more in the sales department. Yeah, right?
2: yeah, it's a long journey, but yeah, <laughs> it,
0: it transitioned. I, I would say I was
2: probably a mold maker for four or five years. Okay. And again, I wasn't a very good mold maker. I was, I, Thomas will attest to this, I'm <laughs> a little bit of a perfectionist, or I like to have things done my way. Yeah. And I couldn't do things my way. so. I was uh frustrated that I couldn't uh, make parts or make molds as well as I wanted to, okay. and I got very frustrated so yeah. uh, I got into running the presses and processing uh, molds and learning about plastics and then learning more about how plastics affect molds, or vice versa how a mold
0: can affect the way plastic flows interesting yeah um. Can you talk a little bit about your day-to-day today, what you're doing? Day-to-day today. You personally?
2: Yeah, right now, I'm director of sales, so I'm making a lot of calls um, to our customers, pro- you know, providing, maybe, trying to develop, develop new business okay. uh, with a lot of family-owned companies. Oh, sure. We deal with a lot of family-owned companies. Yeah. But, uh, and work really hand-in-hand with Matt Sable, and Matt Sable, uh, he, came right out of Dunwoody, came to work for us as a toolmaker. And he ran our tool room for, what, probably 30 years, I would assume. Probably the last five years or so he's been uh, mostly doing design and doing all the quoting now. Okay. So he is really our right hand man. Him and I, uh, we go back and forth on how parts should be designed or how molds should be designed. So if you saw Matt, he was a strapping young man with a full set of hair and. Uh, he's no longer have hair and he's got a pouch on him and, and <laughs> no longer strapping n- no longer strapping but um, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a good old boy from Iowa so we we have lots of uh,
0: good Iowa conversations Jones. back and forth yeah, right? yeah I'm sure yeah. all right Thomas um, director of operations you have a engineering degree Yep. and an MBA yep and uh, what did you did you start off 16 years old working part-time at uh, the company here
1: yeah I mean I, was, I think it was probably 14 um, during the summers I would work in secondary operations which is kind of the finishing or assembly area so okay running a drill press or trimming parts or putting stickers on um, and then that pretty much progressed every summer through high school and college um, did Almost every job on the production floor, and then when I got into the later years of my engineering degree, I started working with the process engineers, and really started learning that um, in conjunction with my degree, understanding how you know plastics work, and then learning how they process. It really kind of married my knowledge together of the interactions between the two. Okay, um, yeah. and that's that's been really beneficial um, for me. I think for the business as well just to have that understanding to be able to talk to the material suppliers and also to our production people of okay this is how we need to do things and this is why Mm -hmm. or understanding a different resin and how we need to process it accordingly so. What's the engineering degree that you have again? Um, It's called composite materials engineering from Winona State. Sounds boring (laughs) dude. Boring. It's it was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> <had an> emphasis <laughs> emphasis on injection molding. So. Yeah, so I mean, we, we literally learned about you know the plastics and then when you add fibers, you know what that does mechanically, and um, yeah, we we kind of joked we didn't really have time to party because we had our nose yeah. in the textbook and yeah, you're like a regular um, Einstein. It was it was fun, you know. We had, it was a small class. I think we had like thirty people that graduated, and Winona. so Winona State, yeah so little boy you know a mm-hmm. lot of
0: times they dream about growing up and being a police officer or a fireman Were you always like man <laughs> plastics engineering yeah well that, it's funny that,
1: because <laughs> i mean i guess for the longest time i, I always wanted to be an architect okay. know, i was always drawing houses i was yeah, that's cool. i was always building somewhere. houses out of cardboard and stuff um and then i, I don't know it was probably in uh summer in high school i think my dad, he it's said, well, what are you gonna do? The smell of, uh, the smell of plastic. <laughs> the smell of plastic, <laughs> yeah. He said, what are you gonna do? You know, we need somebody to, to take over Aeroplax and run it, and I said, well, I mean, This was yeah, back I in get, high school? This was, yeah, I don't know, 10th grade or something. Know, mm-hmm. Maybe ninth Quentin grade. The seed. So, then we looked at, you know, a couple different schools, and found nice. on it. Yeah. you know, let's, let's do that. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all
0: right, so, uh, What makes Aeroplax little, I don't know, unique or different from, say, any old plastics manufacturer down the street that you kind of pride yourselves on? Um, Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think
2: what makes us unique is you're dealing with owners on a day-to-day basis and we are knowledgeable owners. We've done every job in this place. Uh, We know plastics, we know molding or mold building. So I think that kind of sets us apart. And and I'm one of the owners, I'm calling on the customers. So we've got a sales force that sets appointments up, but it's my job to go in there and educate them about what Aeroplax is capable of doing. And with Thomas's crew and and the changes we've made lately, we have a lot more tools in our tool chests than Mm -hmm. we've had in the past. Mm -hmm. And a lot of companies are really wanting a one-stop shop to where they can build a long-term relationship with management that is going to be there for a yeah. long time and we're you know we're straight shooters so what you see is what you get maybe yeah. not always pleasant but it is what it is but we, we we're straightforward with our customers you know we, we there's no sense in hiding anything we say what needs to be said whether you want to hear it or not it's what you need to hear yeah. and we stand behind our, our, our word and we stand behind how we run our business so we're very uh, since basically Thomas has been involved in the role we started uh, EOS uh, entrepreneur operating system so it mm-hmm. really helps us analyze our company okay. internally mm-hmm. and then we set goals weekly goals quarterly goals yearly three-year five-year ten-year. So has that been helpful? Very
1: helpful yeah, yeah I yeah. think uh, it's kind of given everybody, you know, the vision of, okay, where are we going and then the path of how do we get there? You know, we may not know what, how we're going to get there to hit our tenure goal, but we know what we need to do this year. We know what we need to do in three years. Yeah. And then we break it down to every quarter of what needs to happen so we can accomplish that goal. What was this EOS? Is an
2: entrepreneur Operating System. Uh, it's been around for a while. It, it's changed the way our business runs. Okay, uh, makes everybody accountable. I huh. mean, everybody in the company is in a weekly meeting to hmm. discuss what needs to be done. What are your goals? What do you need to have done this week? Did you get them done, or did you not get them done? And then you problem solve as a group. Right. So every every person in the company has that yeah. has that meeting. Some have two two or three meeting. Well, two meetings a week. Yeah. Maximum two meetings. So I'm in a management group, Thomas is in the management group, we, we meet uh, Wednesday afternoons and then I have the sales meeting which we meet Wednesday morning. Nice. So, and they're usually an hour, hour and a half long meeting. And it helps create that vision. So interesting. Yeah. And uh, it, some accountability. Right? Very much accountability and it gives everybody uh, vision on what the direction is. On so a weekly it, basis, quarterly basis, yearly basis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Direction. Let's talk about that direction yeah. yeah yeah what is the direction is well the direction is uh third generation continuing the business as a fourth generation and hopefully okay. you know continue on from there hopefully yeah mm-hmm.
0: so you got a fifth generation in the works yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's got <laughs> two, two at home got at and one two, more
1: coming so two at home and one on the yeah way. but yeah it, it's really i mean we've, we've been doing eos for three years now um and really the the purpose of it was, you know, to solidify how the company is run so that when the day comes where Paul and Steve, you know, retire, it gives me a way to be able to fill that void systematically without, you know, getting overwhelmed because we put structure in behind, you know, so that the business can sustain itself and be successful even with, you know, their 45 times two years experience gone. You yeah. know. Um, so that was really the main the main driver. I mean we've just seen benefits in in so many areas because of it. Like um, you know going back to what you asked, how does, how does Aeroplex stand out from yeah. the guy down the road? Um, one of the things that we identified through EOS is our core values. You know so how we speak, act, treat each other. You know what is our what is our culture that we have here? What is it, the expectation of our employees? Um, treating each other, treating our customers. Um, so there's three core values that we've identified. Um, the first is going above and beyond. So maybe it's not necessarily my job, but we know it needs to get done. We just take action and, and make it happen, right? or one team, where Aeroplanes, we're not departments. You know, sure. Um, and that's that's, that's really created a lot of continuity throughout the business too. yes um, Continuous improvement. Um, so this uh, this one, you know, we're always asking how can we make it better. Um, whether it's you know new equipment which Paul and Steve have invested you know year over year into new equipment making us more efficient you know up to date in terms of automation um, but then also how do we make ourselves better how do we grow develop our employees how do we make sure that they're developing professionally or you know through their skill sets um, and then lastly just treating others with respect you know, there's nothing more important than than having a respectful conversation, you know, a, a way of going about it, right. um, you know, and that's internally, externally, with the community, you know. Um, so th- I mean, that that really sets us apart too, because we hire people to those, mm. we reward people to those, and if we need to, we will fire people to those core values. Yeah, you know, so we're we're it all in something. this together. You yeah. know, it's, there's there's power in that. So
2: and that's probably been. <coughs> One of my strengths is to uh, set examples of how not to do things. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Thomas has uh, has uh, very calmly. Uh, um, I've seen you. Convince convinced me that uh, we need to change how that's done. So, again, just, just how we
1: how we approach certain situations. Yeah. Right? I kind of kind of get fiery once in a while. So. <laughs> but yeah. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, good. Um, Thomas, thinking back to uh, what would it be, great grandpa Ed? Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Yep. Fourth generation, uh, dad and uncle might be retiring soon. Does that stress you out? I mean, does that keep you up at night or you feel like, no man, I got this? <laughs> you <know? laughs> can't wait, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, some days yes, some days no. Yeah. It's not a, lot of, a lot of responsibility. Yeah, you yeah. know? No, it. It is, um, but it's exciting to me because I I love I love making things better. I love solving problems, you know, and I've been able to do it on a on a smaller scale. Now I can now I can do it on the largest scale, right, within the company and um, and really and really take us to the next level, right? When when my dad and Steve got the business, they started running it. They've they've transformed it. You know from from that point to today mm-hmm. um, now I'm you know we're, we're in a much better spot than when they had the business just the way things have progressed now now I get to take it even farther which is exciting so yeah it's a lot of stress but it's that excitement and that opportunity outweighs it mm-hmm. you know um, yeah but yeah it's, I get it. it keeps me up at night you know <laughs> <There's> definitely, definitely <laughs> things I have to figure it, out you right? know, but yeah um it it'll work
2: it'll happen keeps uh, me up at night too but it's usually for a different reason usually my bladder's
0: full <laughs> oh. <laughs> then i start thinking about all the things that have to happen yeah, i can't go yeah, yeah, back to sleep, yeah. but, gotcha but. um okay so small machine shop in does it say st joe is that where you guys started Your well grandpa had started my grandpa had a farm up in
2: st joe we okay. started in minneapolis, oh, minneapolis. yeah okay. uh, right off broadway fourth and in, in uh, And Broadway Avenue was our first building. So that was in '43, and in uh, '67 uh, we moved south of uh, Bassett Creek off of Penn Avenue, between uh, Highway 55 and Highway 12. Right on Penn Avenue was uh, the old Burma Shape building. Hmm. We moved into there in '67, and then in '93. So '43 to '67 is I don't know 25 years, Mm -hmm. roughly. And then the Burmese building, we were in there 25 years. And then we moved here in 93. 93. So we're saying every 25 years we get a new building. Well, we've been in this building 28 years and okay. I don't think we're moving. This uh-huh. this building or this property is large enough. We, we're 60,000 square foot, we can go to 150,000. Uh-huh. So we got plenty of room to expand. Yeah. It's just, you know, does he wanna? Yeah. Well, I want to expand that parking lot, man.
1: It was full. It was yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Been <laughs> that's, that's been one of
0: the,
2: that'll be discussed tomorrow
0: at
1: our
2: our management meeting.
0: Yeah. Um, so you're not machining parts for the military anymore. What are some of the things you guys are producing out there? Wow, uh, we have
2: a wide variety of of a customer base. So uh, we're a job shop. Um, we service, all kinds of different industries. Agricultural, customer uh, products, what? Yeah, uh, consumer products. Consumer um, products. Some um, performing arts stuff, you know, chairs, music stands. Some um, medical, uh, a lot of, geez, uh,
1: well, o- I, OMA, OEM parts. Yeah, OEM parts. You know, if it's um, outdoor, you know, enclosures for different, you know, um, electronics or even just you know handheld electronic enclosures or mm-hmm. cases things like that so wow.
2: yeah, some products for all uh, well, the healthcare. I mean the um, company in Chaska uh, make the um, devices if you have a broken neck or oh, yeah. back the halos oh, that yeah. you see yeah. we do a lot of that uh, have for probably 35 years that was one of Steve's first accounts that he got years ago okay so um, but yeah, a lot of agricultural products. Yeah, diverse, very diverse. You know? yeah. so with the downturn of uh, of COVID and yeah, everything, I, I sure. mean, we had one customer that you know really yeah. was struggled with it. I mean, basically their business went half of what they typically do. But then we have other customers that were in uh, you know what RV uh, products uh, supplied to the RV industry. Yeah. Well, Boom. they tripled. Yeah. yeah. So we've See. been fortunate to have a wide base which right. then again we're still able to meet our our annual goals even though we set them you know before this all happens we're still on track to uh, to follow our plan. Oh good. So it's going to feel good. Pretty fortunate. Yeah. Now if we can get material that's the biggest
0: issue is trying to find enough material. Okay. So so if a potential client is listen, listening to this um, What might a potential client look like, a new client? These people that you call on from time to time. Um, I don't know, can you give me a a little bit of a description of what they might look like or why they might contact you? Um, I don't know, Thomas, what do you you
2: think? I I got an idea. I mean, some of our customers that we've been um, calling on for years, I think, um, fairly large companies that really Um, haven't had that much exposure to plastics and their product line um, could use a lot of plastics but they haven't really had anybody help them show them what plastics can do for their product line so we're making some real good headway with large companies that are partnering up with us because we have the knowledge of all kinds of different product lines or different Solutions that we've come up with for existing customers that we can relate to their product line. Okay, and then again You know we we, we give them examples of why they might want to change or we give them suggestions on how they should um, Design their part so it could be done efficiently in plastics and try to keep your tooling costs down Right, right. and uh, you know that I think we've made great strides in, in large companies and now Matt and I can't even keep track of all the engineers from these large companies calling us on wanting us to look at this project or that project. We have a sure. list of these engineers that we've got to try to keep track of because it's a large company obviously yeah. you know, with probably 2-3 thousand people so you've got a couple hundred engineers that are looking for assistance yeah. and they just really haven't had anybody help them. Or if they've had experience in the past with plastics it may have not been a pleasant experience experience oh, sure I'm the sure. problem the parts weren't designed properly the tool wasn't built yeah, properly so, taste in their mouth yeah so we've overcome that and then you know we we develop that relationship with them and we're you know we're, we're a partner good and that's what we're looking
1: for is to be a long-term partner yeah to our customers yeah. um, I think what, where we really are successful is you know we get involved at the design stage you know we, we're trying to work with our customers engineering so if you can get in with engineering, then you, you internally win purchasing because engineering is on your side. Sure. Um, you know, if, if we're just quoting parts for cost, well, you know, anybody can do that. Sure. sure, we come in and where we leverage Paul's experience, Matt's experience is really helping the customer design the part to be molded that's how we want a lot of business. Yeah, and that's... Providing that solution. Right. We want to
2: be in the brainstorming sessions early with our customers, right? Even if they don't think it's going to be plastic or if it is going to be plastic, uh, it it works really good if I get involved with those meetings. You know, I travel quite a bit and see, get involved with those. Well, the last year, we do a lot of Zoom or, or team meetings. Oh, sure. But we have, you know, groups of engineers, they're brainstorming and, you know, Matt and I are just sitting back and Something will come up and you know, we'll give them some suggestions oh. and then it'll kind of snowball from them But at least we guide them. Yeah into you know, their design so it can be manufactured properly Okay. We've had you know a lot of customers that have used designers plastic designers mm-hmm. which which are great but a lot of designers don't have Molding experience yeah, or mold building experience. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I mean there's example after example of parts that were designed by a, a, a design house they spent four or f- five months designing a product doesn't work customer right. brings me in to look at it and I said man this is beautiful but I said I can't you can't mold that I don't mm-hmm. have to be blown molded." but why well because you can't do this or oh, that sure. yeah so we spend a month later we design the part and we're off and running but yeah. you know people don't know right yeah you know? so even even designers that design in plastics say they know but a lot of times they don't understand how molds have to be built Mm -hmm. so it's just critical that you know we always tell our customers if you're gonna look at plastics get a competent molder or Mm -hmm. competent I'd say a competent molder because a competent molder knows how molds have to be built sure get somebody involved in your project just to make sure you're going down the right path right right
0: yeah that's a great value add you guys yeah
2: yeah Yeah. and you know and we're kind of particular on how we build our molds Mm -hmm. we like to have a lot of control in the mold so we we have features in the mold that a lot of mold builders don't build sure so we were kind of kind of particular on how we like our molds built so that they run so the processor can
0: process them properly nice all right so if a potential client wants to get a hold of Aeroplax and uh, I don't know get some ideas on how to make a mold or make their product or make their product bit better um, maybe using some of your services what's the best way to get a hold of you should they get a hold of you Paul or go to the website or what yeah do you have-
2: I mean there's a couple different ways yeah, I and mean, then get a hold of me or Matt directly okay or front office and leave a message uh, we've got uh, what Tanner on our our, our website uh, a link to um, communicate with us you can sign in and we'll respond Tanner Tanner's looking at messages or that uh, that link is it a link Tanner
1: yeah there's an online chat board there's our LinkedIn Facebook email oh. sales at aeroflax.com you name it
2: so if something comes in
0: there Tanner will forward it to Matt nine and and then we'll do a follow-up That sounds good. Well, Thomas and Paul, I appreciate your time. Thomas, I got full faith in you, man. I think you're going to kill it. (laughs) (laughs) Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.